Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Pastor James is going to teach from John 12 and Revelation 7. I'd like it when he does two books instead of just one. Welcome to the broadcast, Pastor James. Well, thank you, Dorothy. I'm saying it's the only reason I do it because God showed me to do two mm-hmm. at the same time. Because a lot of times people, uh, they're listening about 15 minutes, their their mind somewhere else. But if they got two things to concentrate on, that gives you 30 minutes for them to study. And that's what this is all about: signs, wonders, and miracles. I've met so many people since I've been traveling in this earth, and most of them, they really there, as Jesus said, because of the the the, the uh, signs and wonders, and that's what really gets their attention. But that will not get a person saved, and it won't keep them saved. A lot of times, people will be looking uh, for shortcuts with God. They want God to give them something that doesn't cost them anything. And see, God calls us to be willing to go through uh, trouble, go through suffering, to go through things that that uh, we want to make it easy, but God wants to make us to where we really felt like we really want to do things for God. And it's only to prove it to ourselves, because God already knows if we're going to do anything for him or not. And the reason we studied the different books and the different times is most things always have something or meaning. Like the 12th chapter of John, it represents government. And right now, the government is going through a lot of stuff. But God already put it in the book and showing that things will go through. Uh, people will be going through some trying times and stuff. And let us understand, hey, it's the government that we had in the beginning. Right now, we're suffering from people like um, Obama and others that all they was really worried about is paying for themselves and what they're going to do afterwards. Because most of the time, as you notice, Obama was on the golf course. And uh, uh, what's his name, Bush? He was mostly drinking a lot. But I'm not trying to find their faults and everything. What I'm trying to find out is our solution for us. Because we're the body of Christ. We're the ones that's supposed to change people's ideology about how the kingdom works and teach them how the kingdom works. But how are we going to teach somebody unless, first of all, we learn ourselves? So as we're going through the Word of God, which is called the book, that's what the Bible means, the book. As we go through the book, we learn things about ourselves. We learn things about people. We learn things about God that know how to live in this this world, since this world is not perfect, but it's supposed to be. And we're the ones that's supposed to make this world perfected. So as we go around teaching young men and young women, boys and girls, about the word of God, it's to get them to change so that God, and this is the ultimate plan. See, a lot of times people say, what is God's will? His will is that he wants to live here with us. He wants us to be his people, and he wants uh, him to be our God. But he can't do it unless the world starts changing. That's why it says, and um, the scripture says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear from heaven and heal their land. Most times people are trying to uh, heal the land, but they can't without the word of God. And that means we got to humble ourselves to study the word and put it to our lives so that we can become perfected. Now, as I said, we're starting with uh, John, the 12th chapter, and the first verse. St. John, the 12th chapter, and the first verse. And it starts as this wise. 
Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came into Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Now, earlier, in the 11th chapter, we read about how Lazarus had died, and he was uh, been in the ground for over four days, and the Jewish believes that a man's soul can stay around three days. After that, he has to go. Well, Jesus didn't come on three days. He waited till the fourth day, so they would they would know that this miracle was done by God and that he was brought back for where he couldn't have been brought back for. That shows you that God's son is the resurrection. And then it says, they made him a supper, and Mary served. I mean, Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment and spikenard, very costly, anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Now, why did Mary do that? If you notice, Martha was there. But they said she served. But Mary actually was doing more than serving. She was getting him prepared for what's getting ready to happen that people would remember by the uh, Jewish custom that God will wipe away your tears. And what that means when he wipes away your tears, when you go to heaven, you don't remember these people down here. That is, uh, you remember when it said that he had this, uh, she had a bottle of tears, and she pushed it over his feet and then wiped his, her, his feet with her hair. And he said, this is done in remembrance of her because she was pouring away her remembrance. But God's given her a better remembrance because she won't have to remember all the hard times, but she will remember the good times when she go to heaven. So when you go to heaven, God said in the book of Revelation, he said, I will wipe away your tears. He will wipe away your memory. So once you're up there, you will not be thinking about the people down here because that is not heaven. You get there and you will remember only the good things of what God is doing for you from that point on forward until it's time for the judgment seat. Then we'll have other memories to come back, and some will be good and some will not be. But that's why she poured that uh, oil upon his feet. The uh, fourth verse, then said one of the disciples, Judas, the car, Simon's uh, son, which betrayed him. And why was not this ordinance sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Now, you notice it didn't say 400, didn't say 200. Three is a representation of the Godhead, okay? Everything has a reason. It has a purpose. Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and buried what was put in burial. In other words, you notice what it says, the kingdom has thieves in there. As I told you, this is supposed to be representing the government. Well, the government has thieves. It has robbers. It has liars. And we've got to be the ones that are the light of the world. That's why... When the ointment is put up on our feet or when we're anointed, then our job is to glorify Jesus and go out and win the loss. That's why it says, uh, greater love has no man than he would lay down his life for another. And that's what we have to do, to be willing to lay down our life for another. Not just sacrifice, but obedient to what the word says. Then it says in uh Seventh verse, then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burial as she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. Now, I've heard preachers say, well, see, the Bible says the poor you have always, you know, and they act like this is about them. No, this is about Jesus. He made it clear. He said, but me you have not always. In other words, he was saying, if you take care of me, I'll be able to take care of the poor. Most of these churches talk about you take care of me and God will have to bless you. No, he doesn't. God does what he wants to do. He's the king. He's the Lord. 
He's in charge of everything. That's why I tell people, when you get healed, Jesus did it. When you don't get healed, Jesus did it. He is the one, not us, and trying to represent him by thinking we are him. No, we are ambassadors. In other words, we have authority to work in his name or his office, but we're not him. It says, most people of the Jews, therefore, at the ninth verse, knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he raised from the dead. A lot of times people don't realize the word Lazarus means God help. In other words, when he said Lazarus came forth, he said God's power come forth. And that's what happened. Lazarus came forth obeying the word. And here these people want to see, did Lazarus really come forth? Is this somebody else? But no, it was Lazarus that was raised from the dead. People come for signs, wonders, and miracles. Now, if anybody got any questions, you you can push one on the telephone. That let know let me know that somebody's there, and we'll ask you answer your questions as you bring it forth. All right. The tenth verse is, but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because of the miracles, because <clears throat> that by reason of him many of the Jews went away. Believing on Jesus. The Bible always interprets itself or explains itself. If you take your time and search, it may not be right the next verse like this one was, but it could be uh, another chapter. It could be another uh, gospel like Matthew and uh, Mark. But you have to put them together to where it gives you the complete understanding. Because a lot of times when you read the Bible, you'll read in there it says, and a, a man came out of the uh, out of the tombs, okay? Well, so that means it was only one. But if you go read another part of it, it was two guys. And only one of them got their deliverance. One of them did. That's why I tell people, if you, get, if you get delivered, Jesus did it. If you don't get delivered, Jesus did it. Either way, it's Jesus. You've got to believe on Jesus. All right? The uh, 12th verse, it says, on the next day, most people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Bible interprets itself again when it says, Hosanna, blessed, make happy. The king of Israel is come in the name of the Lord or in the, as the scriptures has written about him. I know it's, I'm interpreting it different things. That's because with Hebrew words, it can be 10 different words at the same time. And you just have to take your time and find out what is it really talking about. When it says name, it means authority. When it says Lord, it, and it, it's spelled capital L with a small O-R-D, that means sometimes the word. So blessed is he who comes in the authority of the word. And Jesus, when he had found a young coat, sat thereon as it was written, Fear not, daughters of Zion. Behold, the king cometh, sitting on the uh, ass coat. Now, wait a minute. Why is there celebrating this? Because the word good news, good news actually means prophecy, prophesy. In other words, things that come forth from being spoken by God in advance, and that's the good news. Whatever God says, he brings it to pass. God is not a liar that he would, you know, say something and don't do it. He doesn't. He makes sure his word does not come back void. So if you want to know how to get blessed, you learn what is the prophecy in the word, and then you apply it to your heart, and then believe that God's going to bring it to pass. That's why it says, he will give you the desire of your heart. But he is not talking about getting you a new car, a new house, new cars, do everything. He's talking about the, uh, the desire that he put in your heart to fulfill his purpose. All right? And see, because we're only reading 
one part of this right now. You would have to go back and read Mark and uh, Matthew to get the whole story. If you know, if you know the rest of it, that Jesus didn't go down to get the, uh, the young coat. He sent his disciples to get it. That's why you've got to go back and read this thing for yourself. Then it says, these things understood not his disciples, the 16th verse, at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remember them that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. And Jesus, therefore, that was with him, all the people, therefore, that was with him, when he called Lazarus out of the grave, remember what Lazarus means, God's help. So what is God's help? The word. You never heard the scriptures where it says, Lord, help? That's one of the scriptures that you should be using to help you out of trouble. Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continuously be in my mouth. My soul will make a boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us rejoice together. This poor man cried. The Lord heard him and, listen, and delivered him out of all of his trouble. If you'll understand that the Lord's word is what works for you. You work the word, the word will work for you. Don't get just part of it. Get the whole thing. Get the whole roll and eat it. All right. And I'm still at the 16th verse. And uh, uh, then it says, then remember them that these things were written of him or said of him. There was two words back in those days. There was the logos and the rhema. Logos means written. Rhema means spoken. And they that had done these things and that they had done these things unto him. And then the people, the 17th verse, we've gone back a little bit. It says, the people, therefore, that was with him, when he called Lazarus out of the grave and raised him from the dead, bear witness. So it wasn't just one person. There was a lot of people that saw Lazarus rise from the grave. And for this cause did the people also meet him, for they had heard that he had done this miracle, signs, wonders, and miracles. The Pharisees, therefore, said unto them, Perceive you how you prepare, uh, prepare nothing or understand nothing? Behold, the whole world is going after him. Who is him? The word of God, the scriptures. Now, the, the Pharisees were interpreting the scriptures, but they were giving their interpretation and what they believe was it is. But like I told you, the word always interprets itself, and it brings good news when you understand. It says the 20th verse, and there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. Now, the word worship is another word for saying serve. They came to be with him. They came to uh, not only to bow down and stuff, but they were willing to help, whatever he needed. That's what we should be. We should be good and faithful servants. And that is explained by when you read uh, Matthew, the fourth chapter, when he talks about uh, Satan, was talking about, if you uh, fall down and worship me, I'll give you all this. And Jesus says, uh-uh, Satan, get thee away from me, because I'm going to serve God as him only. He didn't say worship. He changed the word to Serve, to let us know. That's one of the words, what worship means. I hear people all the time, well, I'm worshiping the Lord. I'm worshiping the Lord. Well, are you fulfilling his will? That's worshiping the Lord when you do what he said. A lot of times people say, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. What does that mean? Well, well, I'm praising him. No, you want to praise the Lord, you find adequate words to say about the Lord. He is good. He is kind. His mercy endures forever. That's why David was so blessed, because he would use words to, to uh, tell what his feelings was about the Lord and what kind of person the Lord was to him. Each person has got to get their own individual uh, understanding with God. And if you got the right understanding, everybody's understanding will come out to be the same. It may be different words, but you'll get the gist of it that it, it is still the same. All right. Then it says the nineteenth verse or the twentieth verse, and there were certain Greeks. Oh, we already stated that. 
that was worshiping at the feast. Then uh, the same came, therefore, to Philip, which was of Bethesda of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. That should be one of your prayers at night, a manifestation of the Lord, not asking the Lord, okay, prove to me your God, manifest yourself. No, humble yourself and tell the Lord, it would be great if I could see you because you're such a wonderful God, a kind God, one who supplies all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, in other words, make him feel welcome. And if you do that, the word will work for you. And you'll understand without seeing anything that God's manifestation operates according to the kingdom rules. What are the kingdom rules? The rules of the kingdom is this, vibration, frequency, and no, a sound. Vibration, frequency, and sound. Everything has a vibration. Everything. You, if you're sitting on a chair, it's vibrating. If you're in that chair, you're vibrating. If you have a frequency, that's why you're not falling through, because the frequency helps keep you up. And then after the vibration and frequency, that's when you have sound. Each thing makes a sound. It just is we have to be tuned in to hear what the sound is. And that's what changes people's hearts. When you, you see somebody is happy, they're, they're tuned on one frequency. Most of the time we say it's 432 megahertz. But if they're not happy, then they, they're in another frequency. And that's not operating in happiness. God wants us to be happy. That's why he says, bless, bless, bless. Bless means happy. And when you're going through something, don't complain. Learn to accept what's going through and say, Lord, it's you who's letting this happen to me, and it's you who's going to bring me out. I can't do it on my own. And start speaking good things about the Lord, and then stop complaining. Complaining don't get you anywhere. And then look at your fellow man and fellow woman. Don't complain about them. Try to pray a prayer that's going to change their attitude, change their child attitude. I've seen so many people come to Christ because of somebody else, because of the way they acted or the way they spoke about the Lord. Even when they were going the greatest troubles of their life, they were still saying how God is. He is God is good. And they'll say all the time God is good. Then it says, now they, uh, the man that went to one disciple night, he asked that we could see Jesus. And uh, the 22nd verse, it says, Philip came and told Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. There is a protocol of everything we need to do. You don't come to Jesus because you want to. You come through the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost, those two are one. You will not understand until you get to the kingdom. But they are the ones who are the ones that bring us to the Son. And then the Son brings us to the Father, which those two are one but you'll not understand it until you really get an understanding about uh, frequencies, vibrations, and sounds. Then it says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come, the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the earth, uh, into the ground, and die, it shall abide alone. But if it dies, it brings forth fruit. Now, have you ever noticed if you take a, a thing of corn, it's a little bitty kernel. And as long as you let it sit on the ground, it will not do nothing. But if you take that little kernel and you bury it, it's got to die. you got to bury it. And until that time, it will be nothing. But once you bury it, you put water on it, you fertilize it, all of a sudden, it brings forth more fruit in that one little corn, all right? And that's what God is requiring of us. We're supposed to be like corn, and we're supposed to be uh, our fruit. When we start to come up, it should be making other people love Christ as we love him. Or do we really love him? Or are we just looking for signs, wonders, and miracles? 
See, signs, wonders, and miracles are not going to save you. It's when you change your heart, your heart attitude, to do those things that's right in God's sight. He says, the 25th, he said, he that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it until eternal life or life eternal. If any man serves me, worship me, that same thing. If any man serve me, let him follow me. Where I am, there shall also my servant be. See, change the word from serve, uh, from worship back in the old time. So servant, uh, and that's part of worship, okay? He will be my servant. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now if is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I into this hour. And what it, what it means, he was quoting scriptures. It says, I come in the bottom of the book as it is written of me. That's why the uh, Pharisees and, uh, thought they would, you know, they had eternal life by reading the scriptures and practices. No. You have to come through the one who owns the scriptures, the one who wrote the scriptures. The one who says nobody comes to the Father except by me. And you must be willing to go through something. Job went through a lot of trouble. Most of the uh, people that ever read in the Bible, they've been through hard times and stuff, but they didn't give up. And God is not the one to give up on you either. Look at Ahab, all the things that Ahab did. But God still tried to keep getting him to come back. He tried to get him to come back. Why? Because at one time, Ahab was serving God with all his heart. Then he married this woman named Jezebel, which was a witch. Now, he knew better, but, you know, sometimes we'll, we desire something but God ain't gave us. And God knowing it's a test that we can overcome, but we succumb to it. So that's why we have to learn what the Scripture says, put it together as the Scripture says, let the Bible interpret itself like the Scripture says. That's why it says in Isaiah, the 28th chapter, the ninth verse, he wants to know knowledge. Who wants to know knowledge? This is how you get it. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. And it says it again. Precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. It says line upon line, line upon line. Here little, there little. Let it interpret itself. Peter says that the Bible is not left up to any private interpretation. But if you put it together, it will interpret itself. All right. Then it says, the 28th verse, Father, glorify thy name. You know, a lot of people say, well, God gets the glory when I do this. God gets the glory. Listen, sometimes your words are just it. You're just saying something. But if you, if you believe God and you trust God, that's what faith means, trust him in everything, then he gets the glory because people are looking at, well, if God is blessing you, then what will he do for me if I do the same thing? That's why we are here to make disciples. In other words, to get them to understand, to do what the Bible says, the book, and the book will do what it says, which is Jesus, which is the word. Then came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people, therefore, that stood by heard it and said it was thunder. Others said, and the angel spoke unto him. Now, if you notice something else I've never explained, but there's parts in the Bible that repeats itself over and over again to let us know out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Remember when Paul heard the voice of God? It was like thunder to the rest of them. They didn't hear it. They said it sounded like thunder. Another part said maybe it was like an angel spoke. But he's letting us know that there, everything is going to justify itself in the end. Everything that is spoken, the good news will bring you joy in the end. But it may, I'm going through some bad times now. Well, stop complaining about the bad times and stop talking about, Lord, you're the one who's going to deliver me. You're the one who bring forth all the good things. There's uh, scriptures that the Jewish use, and it's called 
uh, when they get ready to pray over the food and stuff, they'll say, blessed art thou, king of the universe. In other words, we're letting him know there's nothing above him. He's it. If he don't give it to you, it ain't worth having. And then there's a scripture in the New Testament that I put together with that scripture, and that is, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by or the authority of Christ Jesus. The anointing first, then comes the word. Now, we were talking about the anointing on this. He got, he got his feet anointed, <clears throat> which means to uh, he received the things of God the Father so that he would walk the perfect will of the Father, even if it was not his will. It was God's perfect will for him to suffer and die. And that's what this is all about. You're going to go through some things. Yes, you're going to, it ain't going to be uh, picnic all the time. It's not going to be rose-colored glasses. But the more you go through according to the word, not according to yourself or your feeling, according to the word, the more you'll be blessed, the happier you will be when you learn the truth, that the truth is in you and it glorifies Jesus because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And the devil will understand that he backs off of you. That's why I said, if you submit yourself unto God, which is the word, and resist the devil by speaking and believing, he would run from you. It didn't say run from God. It said he run from you. The more you lift up the word, the more the word will lift you up. All right? Then it says, the 30th verse, Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. In other words, the good news that you got a chance to have power in you. Power in you. But if you got to use the word, you have to have, to have understanding. And that's why he said, it wasn't spoken for me. It was spoken so you can hear. And then it says the judgment of this world. Now, what is the judgment of this world? Is it happening right then when Jesus was there? Let's feel like it was the beginning, but it is not the end. And there's things in between, what we call the birth pain. Yes, right now we're going through some problems because people have not obeyed the word. The word was, if my people, now are you one of his people? If my people who are called by my name or my authority, Shall humble themselves. Humble. Don't don't be proud and everything. Humble yourself and seek my face. Well, first of all, a lot of people don't even know what it means by seeking the face of God. It's a Jewish expression. And that that expression is wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Now he warns us about this in the in the Old Testament. In Proverbs, he warns us about uh, wisdom is the principal thing, but with all you're getting, get an understanding. Then it tells you the beginning of fear is the beginning of wisdom. And all this is when you uh, realize that this is what God wants you to be. He wants you to read his. He wants you to be understanding his understanding. He wants you to be in his wisdom. He wants you to be in his knowledge. Because he said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. All right. Has anybody out there got any questions or comments? If you just push one, let us know you're there, and we'll answer. In the meantime, we're still in John, the 12th chapter, and the uh, 31st, I'll read that again, the 31st verse. Now is the judgment of this world. Now, not tomorrow. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Cast out of where? Out of heaven, in heavenly places. That's why I said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wicked rulers of the darkness, spiritual weakness in heavenly or high places. Those are called strongholds. And when you learn all about that, that's when you're ready to get prepared. I ain't say you're ready. I said you're ready to get prepared to enter spiritual warfare. And right now, the spiritual warfare is getting stronger and stronger. We've had people that call me now that their children 
don't know what to do. They have no clue. Grandkids manifesting spirits. Uh, children that's having children. And all of a sudden, the child is act like you don't exist. They're going to run your life. That's because it's warfare. When you're able to walk forth and by pronouncing the word of Jesus, the word of God, the word that the Father has sent us, then you'll start seeing these things manifesting, but they will back off of you. But they know what the word says. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Then he said, uh, the 33rd verse, it says, this he said signifying which death he should die. Oh, I skipped the scripture here. Let's go back. It says the 32nd. See, I told you the Bible always interprets itself. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And that, as it said, it signified his death. And how did he die? He died by being lifted up on the cross. All right. Then the people answered him, we have, we have heard out of the law, the Bible, the book, that Christ should abide forever. And how say you the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Which is a, a word that Mark used to use a lot. And what is the Son of Man? He is a person that was born of a woman, a virgin birth, was born of a woman, but he was anointed by the Father, which became Christ. And that's why we sometimes we say Christ Jesus, and the opposite time we'll say Jesus Christ. But you have to understand how that operates. As I said, there's rules in the kingdom. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you, which means the word for light is understanding. Walk while you have the light or understanding. Least darkness come upon you for he that walketh in darkness, confusion, that's the word for darkness, knoweth not whether he goes. While you have light or understanding, believe in the, the word or believe in the understanding of the word that you may be the children of light. You notice he went back, light, light, light. And I, I interpret it as uh, understanding, 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 but also it means spirit. That's why it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But there's spiritual things that we wrestle against. It says do not walk in this uh, flesh, but walk in the spirit, the understanding. It's more than just the word understanding. It's a living being. When he breathed into us the breath of life, we became a living soul or a living being with the capability to imitate our creator. And what did our creator do? He spoke everything into existence. As I say, the more you learn, the more it will become so simple that even a fool cannot err in the way. Because the Bible says so. Whatever God speaks, it will come to happening. Okay? It will come to fruition. Then it says, uh, the 36th verse, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may be the children of the light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. Now, I've always thought God hides stuff. He don't give it to uh, a person who's lazy. He hides things in, in the word, and you have to put it together. You have to search for it. That's why he said ask, seek, and knock. He hides. And he has things from you. But those that diligently seek him out, they will find out what he's hiding and get yourself blessed. All right. Now, let's go back on the 36. It says, while you have the light, believe in the light. Remember what I keep trying to tell you? I keep going back over it. If you go over the same thing over and over, God is trying to tell you something. Some people are not getting it. When I'm talking about life means understanding. How do you get the understanding? The Bible always interprets itself or explains itself. You just have to search, all right? All right, 37 verse. It said, but through he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. 
miracles, signs, wonders, and miracles. But they did not believe, they did not trust in him that the saying of Elijah the prophet might be fulfilled while he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe because Isaiah said, again, he that has blinded, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. He said, when you get the understanding that the Bible really does interpret itself, and when you really read this for knowledge power, or understanding, or for wisdom, not trying to trying to get a sign and a wonder and a miracle, get something for you. Yet, so you need to know that it interprets itself. Because he said, if you get it, you will be converted. Your mind will be tamed. That's why Romans, the 12th chapter, says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing or the changing of your mind. People always try to say, well, Buddha is just as good as Jesus, or Muhammad is just as good as Jesus. No, he's not. They did not write the book. Jesus did. And it says, he came, I come in the volume of the book, it's written of me, not of them. And he told us, he said, in the end days, there will be many false Christs and false uh, teachers and stuff like that. We have to keep your eye open and stay away from those people, those people that channel. Well, well God has given me a gift. What God? Well, the Lord has given me a gift. What Lord? You better find out what which one you listening to. It says, nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believers, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. They say should be put out of the synagogue. The word synagogue means gathering place or a place of learning. And they wanted to keep learning, but they were learning man's tradition instead of God's tradition. It says, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. Jesus cried out, said, he that believeth on me, believe not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. I am come a light unto the world, and whoever believeth on me, should not abide in darkness. Whoever believes in me will have an understanding, and you will be not confused. Don't walk in confusion. The word is right, and everything else is wrong. It says, if any man hears my voice and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Now, what is he talking about? John 3.16, where it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Is he say you not? You can believe in him and still perish. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. But then the 17th verse, you hardly ever hear anybody quote. 17th verse, he said, I did not send him in the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him, which is the word, might be saved. And now it's spoken again. I didn't come to condemn the world. I come that the world can be saved. But he, let's say uh, the 48th verse, he that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. See, it's not going to happen now. It's going to happen when we go for the judgment seat. They call it Bema. The Bema seat, and we're going to be judged then. For I have not spoke of myself, but the Father which sent me gave me a commandment. What should I say and what should I speak? And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whoever speaketh, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. In other words, he, Jesus didn't do nothing different than quote the scriptures. He Every prophet or in the Bible, he quoted them, and he kept telling us, this is how we should live. This is how we should live. But if we got the things of the world, 
We're going to walk the things of the world. We're going to speak the way of the world. And we'll miss the blessing. We'll miss the blessing that God has for us. And the children of God got to go back and reread the scriptures, study the scriptures day and night. In other words, day when you understand, night when you're confused. Don't try to worry about, oh, I don't understand. I'm frustrated. Just read it anyway. Because the Holy Spirit says, I will bring back to your remembrance those things that Jesus said. In other words, what's ever written in the Bible, when you need it, it will come back to your remembrance by the Holy Spirit. But a lot of times people say, well, I use the Holy Spirit to help me with my homework. and all that. that is not what the Bible says. Stick with the word and you'll stay out of trouble. Well, God is doing a new thing. Stick to the word and stay out of trouble. I told you the Bible interprets itself, but you've got to decide that you want to believe whatever the word says and do it. Not part of it. Do it all. Uh, a lot of times people will take scriptures out of context, and they'll be trying to teach people what they believe. But as I told you, the Bible always, always, if you don't hear nothing else, always interprets itself. So, and all you have to do is look at that when it says interprets itself, it means it will give you examples. Just like a lot of times people say, well, God's doing something new now, and that he's calling women to uh, be an apostle. Why would God do that? He showed us the example that he had 12 men as an apostle. And the apostle has a calling on him, not on them, on him, where he talks to the Lord. Well, I talk to the Lord too. No, not the same. He will give you an assignment. That's how you know you're an apostle. And he will, once he gives you your assignment, he sends you here to do certain things. Like myself, I am an apostle. I did not make myself an apostle. He did. I'm a Apostle to the prophets, which really surprises me because I'm not worth it. I am not worth it. But he gave me the word to speak to people. And what my job was to come down here and plant seed. What was the seed that he gave me? It's called faith. Well, what does faith mean? Trust. My job is to get you to trust that the word is right and everybody else is wrong. Everybody else who does not trust the word is wrong. If they add to the word or they subtract to the word, you definitely know they're wrong. Now, interpretation is a different thing. But add, well, now God is calling women to be an apostle. That's not that's not the word. You added something. Just like what Satan did when uh, they were on top of the, uh, the building there and he was getting ready to have, try to have Jesus jump off and he quoted scripture, Psalms 91. But he added something to it, and he said, at least at any time. If you say anything other than what is written, you're adding or subtracting. And that's why Jesus said, I ain't doing that. See, I'm, I'm trying to tell you how to get the understanding that you need, how to get the word in you, and let the word become you, and you become part of the word. All right? And that was really good uh, 12th chapter. As I say, 12th chapter represents government. But the 50th verse, there was 50 verses in there, if you notice, represents jubilee, freedom. When you start letting the word interpret itself, instead of you giving the interpretation, you receive freedom. And what does that freedom bring you? R-E-S-T, rest in the Lord, rest in the word of God. Speak the way the word of God speaks. Do you have anything to say, Dorothy? I'm bringing you in now. Uh, no, I just, there was a verse that comes to mind, and and I'm not remembering it right. It's like the, the doctrine of men makes void the word of God. Yeah. Um, took me forever to understand that one. It basically says to me, if you've got all that other garbage in your head, in your heart, there's no room for the truth to get in there. Mm-hmm. So That's so true. Because it's, it's the truth is what makes you free or sets you free. And 
here we got man's doctrine who is trying to make the word of God void. And God said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch over my word whether it will not come back void. And those that understand will receive the word of God. Yeah, anybody on the thing calling in or listening? Nope, nobody's got any questions. Okay. wonder where everybody is. They might be enjoying their summer. I hear you. <laughs> well, I'm enjoying mine. <laughs> Down here in Florida, as you know, in Orlando, and they talk yep. about, oh, "Don't you worry about, don't you worry about the uh, hurricanes and stuff." No, God puts you down here. You ain't got to worry about it. I went down there to uh, uh, Tampa Bay. It was thunderstorms and everything. I was like, I see that turn, uh, hurricane coming across the uh, the water there. I wasn't worried. I went back to back up here to Orlando, and as soon as I got here, it smoothed out. So as I say, if God sends you somewhere, he sends provision with you. Yeah. Well, that's the main thing. Always trust that his word is right and everything else is wrong. And if you will put the word together precept by precept, it will make so much understanding. And that's when you'll start understanding what he's talking about, the 12 tribes and stuff. He calls them by name. There's a reason for their names. And you have to go back to the Old Testament a lot of times to, unter- to interpret the New Testament. There's so many people out there now that are sick, and they don't know why they're so sick and everything, but God is still God, and he still will heal if they're willing to, willing to go through some stuff, not just hearing the word, but being a doer of the word. All right, let's turn to the Revelation, the seventh chapter, and the first verse. God's servant sealed. Oh, boy, ain't that good? That's what you want to be. You want to be a servant of the Most High God. A lot of people want to be the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Listen, before you get there, it's not like what it is here. You're born, at a, you're born into the family as a uh, a, a, a child but here, coming from the heavens, you come down here, you have to be born again, born again, and then you submit yourself as a servant to the Most High God. And that's when he'll let you know, are you really doing his will? All right, Revelation. Uh, let's look a little bit above that. Let me go back to the uh the uh, 16th verse, or the 15th verse, it says like this. It says, And the kings of the earth, and great men, and the rich men, and chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondsman, every free man, hide themselves in the den, in the rock of the mountain, and said unto the mountain and rock, Fall on us, hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne, from the wrath of God. Did you notice it? Free man, the mighty man, people that this is going to happen after the, the rapture comes and they get left behind. That's why you want to go before. There's a pre, mid, and post, according to different people, different ones, men's doctrine. But you need to find out what is the doctrine for yourself because it lets you know if you're left behind, you're going to be crying to die and won't be able to. It's in the 17th verse, for in that day, of his wrath, when God gets mad, it comes, and who shall be able to stand? Well, what is it talking about? You have to go back to uh, 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 Psalm, the second chapter, and read there, especially that last part where it says, kiss the sun, lest he get angry in the way, and you perish. That's what it's talking about. The Bible always interprets itself. Then it says the seventh chapter in the first verse. After these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow upon the earth, nor the sea, nor on any tree. Tree represents people. I saw another angel ascending from the east. East is where miracles are, another word for miracles. Having the seal of the living God, and he cried with a loud voice to the four angels on whom he was given to hurt the earth, and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, nor the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants 
of our God in their foreheads. Now, everybody's wondering, what is the 666 sign? What is this goddess? Uh, what is the, the sign that they use to fill in the forehead of men and everything? All right. But we never really know the answer until after it happens. And God shows us in hindsight what he was talking about, and the Bible will interpret itself. And the fourth verse, it says, And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there was sealed uh, 144,000, all, all of the tribes of the children of Israel. These people going around and say, Well, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and I'm one of the 144,000. No. The Bible makes it clear, very clear. He said, These are the tribes of the children of Israel. All right? And of the tribe of Judah, which was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Reuben, was sealed 12,000. The tribe of Gad, was sealed 12,000. If you notice, it has names for each one of the tribes of Israel. Now, you need to look up those names to find out what is he talking about. In other words, I'll give you help. With one of them, Judah means praise, to worship, to give worship to God. And do it by name, not just, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, I bless you, I bless you. No, call it what it is. But you are my provider, you are my shield, my buckler, my hiding place in all generations. All right? Then it says the sixth verse, and the tribe of Asher was sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Nephilim was sealed 12,000. The tribe of Manasseh was sealed 12,000. And if you notice, Two of those names in there, like Manasseh, was actually Joseph's children. And you need to find out what did Manasseh mean and why did God kick out some of uh, Israel's original kids and gave it to them. Of the tribe of Simon was still 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi was still 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar was still 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun was uh, 12,000 of the tribe of Joseph was sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Benjamin that was his brother, younger brother was sealed 12,000 so I know what does Benjamin mean and you can understand what's getting ready to happen when we leave here is it that, that uh, the thing that is that's holding back the things when they get taken out which is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Children all hell's going to break loose here and the only ones that's going to be given the word are the Jews. See, we were supposed to in, uh, make the Jews jealous because they didn't keep God's word. But in the end, they're the ones that are going to be bringing in the, the new crop, and they're going to have to go through something. I mean, more suffering than you'll ever think about. Then it says on the ninth verse, So after this I behold and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands. And they cried with a loud voice. Remember earlier they had palms in their hands saying, uh, Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, what do you think they'll be doing then? The palms will let you know what it's talking about. And when it says in their hands, everything's going to be, but the word hand in, in Judaism also means thought. There, every thought is going to be upon the Lamb, and they're going to be worshiping by the words that they speak toward him. That's why it says every kin, uh, kin which people, tongues, and term, the word tongues means language. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and upon the Lamb. So it's letting you know there's two seats. It's going to be God the Father, God the Son is the one that's going to be talking about. Then there's going to be a third seat, which is the Holy Ghost, and then it has another set of seats. Until after a while, you'll get down there 24 uh, seats, which are for the elders, all right? That's where everybody should be wanting to be a servant, being the elder, trying to be uh, sitting equal with Jesus in them. It says, all the angels stood around about the throne and about the elders and the 20 and the four beasts 
fell before the throne upon their face and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Amen means truth. You know, a lot of times we're taught it means I agree. Yeah, it does mean I agree, but the basic root is truth. Aleph is the Hebrew word, which means uh, the beginning. It also means um, uh, uh, God, one of God's name. There's 72 letters in God's name. So when it says Aleph, it's a silent thing, and it says Mim. Mim means, uh, it says man, but it means the word. That's what it does. The word is true. Now I'll give you the complete understanding. The word is true. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever the truth. Now if you notice, Blessing and glory and wisdom, and it, it, that's how you praise God. You say things about him. All right? And one of the elders answered and said unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are those which came out of the great tribulation. That you know, there's two tribulations. It's the tribulation period and the great tribulation and has washed their robes. Remember, I was telling you, mim means water. Washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, are they, another word for word, is I said the water is word. In other words, they've been through something, they've been tried, they've been tested, but they stayed faithful. But as I say, the Bible always interprets itself the more you read. Therefore, are they before the throne of God, and served him day and night in his temple, and he sits on the throne, shall dwell with them. They shall hunger no more, neither shall thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into unto uh, living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all their tears from their eyes. Remember what I was telling you about God will wash away your tears, which means your memory. All the bad things, you will never think about them again. And God is getting us prepared as he's sending the people to uh, those that are have to go through the tribulation, the great tribulation, that they're going to suffer. That's why he warns them. But those that are obey their God, did what they're supposed to do. We'll be in heaven at the marriage supper. And at the marriage supper, we'll be celebrating that we didn't have to go through the, the great tribulation. We won't even know about the great tribulation until it's time for the judgment. And that's what we're waiting for, that we can be judged and receive our reward and not our punishment. A lady gave me something a long time ago, and I could say it on the next broadcast where it talks about grace and mercy. Grace is what God does. Amen. All right. Uh, uh, You're breaking up now a whole bunch. You must have moved. Um, okay. Well, I said you were right. I came to life after you prayed the prayer. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm about to let you go until two weeks from now, and we'll be doing which one? John 13 and Revelation 8. All right. All right. Well, you want to go ahead and pray for our dismissal? I'll try. If I run out of breath, you'll take my spot, right? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Father, thank you so much for tonight's lesson. And I pray the blessing over the audience that they shall be blessed in their coming and going, and they shall have discernment between the holy and the profane in this big time of trouble for our country. There is so much deception out there. But your people shall not fall prey to it they shall be able to see through the lies 
all of them. And they will not be fearful, for you told them to fear not. You will be going with them wherever they have to go. And those people in the cities, Father, assign your angels types that they need to protect them from this depravity. I'm sorry, I'm out of breath. Okay. Father, we thank you because you hear our prayer and that you have answered our prayers. And we pray that those that did not hear the broadcast tonight will be able to hear the uh, archive and see what they need to be doing. Father, we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we both say amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'll see you again in two weeks. I'll be in Kansas City, unless the Lord does something different. And tomorrow I'll be down in Lakeland preaching. At, at in Lake where? Lakeland. Oh. Lakeland, Florida. That's where okay. they had that uh, big revival about eight or nine years ago. It was called Lakeland Revival. And that's where I'll be ministering at uh, Thursday. Have you seen where they're... Uh, they're ministering to people in the riots, and there's a bit of a revival going on there in the riots. Amen. No, Isn't I'm that glad to cool? hear that. Yeah. yeah. So don't everybody get all upset because all the bad stuff, because Father is on the move. Amen. Amen. I am so happy to hear that. <clears throat> I never thought about praying for people in, in the riots that they could get saved. And they're even getting baptized. <laughs> yeah. Good old fashioned oh. dunking, you know. <laughs> I hear you. I was thinking about when my kids were younger that uh that they wanted me to baptize them and so I did. So at least my kids they they did make a decision, Daddy did teach them right. That is a blessing. Mm-hmm. There's so many fathers not in the homes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to let you go until next time. Be blessed. You have a blessed evening. Go back in the swimming pool. Get cool. <laughs> <laughs> and Father, bless everyone and good night. Good night, night, Master Mm James. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. A 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.